High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Officially, the holiday season. Whoop-dee-doo and hickory dock. And welcome, carpenters, former shoe designers, aspiring fashionistas. Oh, and a special shout-out to everyone who lives in those cute little snow-filled wintry towns that remind you of, well, something in a Hallmark card. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, despite the Christmas season being here, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Well, first off, before we step into Christmas, did you guys enjoy our episodes on American Graffiti? What a great movie. And honestly, that was a two-parter, and both episodes to me were really, really great. Special thanks again to Mike Manzi and Chris Podcast. They were awesome guests. And if you happen to not listen to it, I'm feeling festive. I won't penalize you for not doing your homework. But you can check them out in our archives at cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, or wherever you're listening right now, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Google Play, whether it be Stitcher, whether it be Apple Podcasts. Oh, and while you're there, why don't you give us a little uh, five-star rating? Why don't you write us a nice review? That's one of the better ways to help the high school slumber party message be spread this holiday season. Another great way to spread that message, though, is by telling a friend about High School Slumber Party. You know, you have a friend who would enjoy this show. They wouldn't be your friend if they didn't enjoy this show, right? Let them know. So this week, your homework was a little bit different, and it might have been a little bit hard of an assignment. The film is called Homegrown Christmas. And if you're like, what the hell is Homegrown Christmas? Don't worry, I got you. I understand. This is a Hallmark Christmas movie. And maybe if you're not in a country that has the Hallmark Christmas Channel or the Hallmark Channel or anything like that, you might not understand what this is. But my guest today, 
He's a lifetime movie expert, and it turns out he's also a Hallmark Christmas movie expert as well. His name's Joe, too. You might know him from Too Fast, Too Forever, or some other great shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network. And if you guys didn't, you know, find this film and watch it, like I said, I'm in a forgiving mood. This episode is enjoyable with or without watching. I promise you that. But just throw it in your Google, and you'll be able to find some kind of screening. And even if you just watch the trailer, we have a blast, because... Yeah, Homegrown Christmas, maybe it's not the most popular movie in the world, but this episode I feel like is a celebration, or a mockery, or something in between, of all Hallmark Christmas movies. Ah, God, what a genre. It's awesome. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. They should change that to a sleigh bell, anyway. It's the holiday season. So, I could tell some of you guys on social media are kind of excited about this episode and movie, or maybe excited to bash it. (laughs) I posted some photos, obviously, as I do every week on social media. Oh, by the way, you could follow us, High School Slumber Party, on social media by, you know, just going on Twitter and finding High School Slumber Party or Facebook, or Instagram, but, um, Lori Lachlan, or I think that's how it's pronounced, you know, Aunt Becky from Full House is in this film, and she's been in the news lately for some transgressions. I think that's got the, uh, High School Slumber Party universe a little hot and bothered, but I'm loving your comments, I'm loving your feedback, class participation is such a huge part of your grade, and thank you, thank you, thank you for that. As always. Before we get into the episode, though, I do want to mention, you know, my other show on the Cage Club Podcast Network, P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, with, of course, the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, as my co-host. We just did Max and Mary as our rewatch. Also, there's a lot of other great Cage Club content out there that you want to check out on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, including some Third Times a Charm episodes, which I wasn't even a part of. I wasn't even asked. Have I been banned from Third Times a Charm? I don't know. We'll have to ask Mike Manzi next time he's on. But perhaps. Maybe I did something wrong. Not sure. Anywho, another thing I want you to check out, though, is the aforementioned foodie films. I was on two episodes in a row talking about Friendsgiving, you know, the Friends Thanksgiving episodes, and those were great. I loved them so much. Again, so much great content on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Check it out. It's the gift that keeps on giving, that's for sure. I know you're probably sick of my rambling now. I know you're probably tired. I know you're probably ready to start that weekend, get in your footy pajamas, curl by the fire, and listen to this episode. So pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sipping over Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. So let's step into Christmas with Elton John's Step into Christmas, is that what it's called? Yes. <laughs> Class dismissed.
Joe 2, it's been a while, it's been too long. Has it? Yeah, last time you were on was like Valentine's Day. Oh, so it has been a while. Yeah, because I think we did you back-to-back where you were on your own episode here for High School Lover and for the Tokyo Drift uh, triple crossover. Yeah, it has. Wow. feels It doesn't feel like it's been that long, right? So it's been a long time coming. And I know we were talking off-air a little bit about maybe some movies that you'd want to come on this show for. Because you've been doing all of my favorite movies lately. <laughs> Thank you. Well, contrary to popular belief, you're not an exclusive Lifetime movie fan. You do like other movies. And I hope to explore those one day. Well... Today's not even a Lifetime movie anyway, but we have been doing a lot of movies you've liked. Well, maybe not ones your wife liked. (laughs) (laughs) True. Let's get into that a little bit. Um, She's had some, you know, choice words about a film we did recently, Brick, on Twitter. She's... I love that movie. I think it's an excellent movie. I've watched it a million times. It's such a great movie, and Rachel apparently does not like it. <laughs> Definitely not as much no. as I do. Well, the thing was is, okay, you know, we do Too Fast, Too Forever, also on the Cage Club Podcast Network, and we are doing a Brian O'Connor lap right now, right? And so we had just been watching Brick Mansion. So have you ever seen it? I have not, but I looked it up. I think it was one of his last films, right? It's just like a dumb action movie that, inst- <laughs> that stars Paul Walker. And it's essentially just like a Fast and the Furious, but just... It's like an in-between Fast and the Furious movie. It's like a really long, like, Los Bandoleros or something, right? But just Brian. Because he plays a cop. He's, like, trying to save the world. The Riz is in it. It's it's essentially Fast and the Furious. And, like, so I was like, oh, you should check this movie out, Rachel. We just watched it for Too Fast, Too Forever. And she was like, I hate all of your movie recommendations with the word brick in it. <laughs> okay, I guess that worked. Brick, though, and I learned this from the feedback of the episode, I guess you could either really love that movie or really hate that movie. Really? I mean, most people like it. It's not a 50-50 thing. It's just that those who like it like it, and those who don't really don't. Okay. Yeah, the people who don't like it just do not get it at all and do not buy it. It's a film noir in high school. It's like, it's, uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoy it. I like the dialogue of it and how wacky it is and like, yeah, sorry. Okay, wild tangent, but. That's okay. That's why we're here. Cool. And guess what, Joe? It's the start of the holiday season. It is. Are you feeling festive? Uh, a little bit. I mean, this movie certainly helped put me in the holiday spirit, that's for sure. And trust me, it's really, really hard to find a high school Christmas movie. <laughs> this might be a stretch. There's not a big high school element here. No, I think that, that, that high school high school plays deep. It runs deep in this movie because, like, the whole thing is she's going back to find her high school love, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's not, like, explicitly set in high school because yeah, it's yeah. in a barn. I, I approve. It's on the show already. We're here. <laughs> yeah. And as we stated before, you were on our High School Lover episode, which was a Lifetime movie. But today we have a Hallmark movie. And I'm really curious, Joe, where you fall on this Hallmark versus Lifetime thing. Okay. I know the whole Hallmark thing, right? They do a lot of Christmas time movies, and we've definitely watched a bunch of them. I'm preferential to Lifetime because they're a little trashier. (laughs) There's a lot more murders. (sighs) So, for me, the wholesome. First of all, I'm not. I'm not a huge Christmas fan. Just like as a holiday, it's not one of my favorite holidays. Wow, hot take. Hot take. I know a lot of people love it, and that's fine. I'm just. I'm not a Christmas fan. Like I am the Grinch. Not a big Christmas fan. <laughs> but 
I do really enjoy a lot of these Hallmark Christmas movies, but they have to hit the right notes for me. And they all follow a very similar path to a Lifetime movie, and they have their own their own like kind of framework that they fit all of these movies into. And do you know like the major Hallmark Christmas movie criteria? Hmm. I think one of them is like having a TV star from your as like your lead in the film. You... <laughs> I feel like you see that a lot. You do see that. So it's like washed up TV star. That's like that's like a background thing. <laughs> but um, major plot points are girl from the big city goes back to the country or girl from the country goes to the big city. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Rekindled love interest from her from her youth that now exists again. As we see in this one, mild love triangle for for like, you know, 3 seconds. <laughs> then four So th- this one missed out on two very important parts for me, which is one a dog. There always has to be some kind of animal that they Oh, you're right. Yeah, there's there was no Christmas dog in this one. That really annoyed me. And two, there needs to be Christmas magic. <laughs> okay, like we need like a Santa element where like they only realize they love each other because like they're either gifted a magical ornament or these kind of th- these are the Hallmark tropes that I want in in a Hallmark Christmas movie. So it missed out on a couple for me, but it, it generally hit all the right notes and. You know, we get Aunt Becky in this one, which is, this is probably like her last movie, right? <laughs> I don't know. You might be right. The only reason that I might say no is because it seems like she does a lot of these kind of films. She does. These are really funny. Did you see it was, it was brought to you by All Canadian Entertainment? <laughs> I did see that. And once you see that and like know that it's shot in Canada and it's like a Canadian film, it makes a lot of sense. It's a Canadian movie. It is. It's like very apologetic. Like, like <laughs> the sassy mom, like her sassiness was like, you need to make it. Like, there's no, <laughs> what did she say? There's no, there's no like regrets, only decisions. Or what is the, there's no mistakes, just decisions. And I'm like, that's your sassiness. She was like, oh, mom's going to tell it like it is. And she's like, there's no mistakes, only decisions. And she's like, you get it, you know? And you're like, <laughs> like, that's not a really like bold statement that you're making there. And this film, Homegrown Christmas, is from 2018. But before we take a nice little holiday sleigh ride into deep diving into this film, Joe, we forgot to do an important thing, to introduce yourself in the classic high school slumber party way. Yes. Joe, um, the Pittsburgh Central Catholic, <laughs> uh, graduated in 07, and we are the Vikings. And you can hear all about Joe's high school experience with corporal punishment (laughs) on our uh, high school lover episode in our archives. But today is not about that. Today is about the miracle of Christmas. It is. So we're going to stick to a nice wholesome theme today, despite this film starring someone who, well, maybe hasn't been so wholesome lately. Yes. Um, that, that we, we could definitely talk all about that because I was messaging you today. This movie really like tingled me up with Christmas spirit when I saw some happenings in this. Um, I have a question for you. I have a, I have a, I have a very serious question for you. Sure. Were you a big high school formal kind of guy? Um, we didn't really have too many of them to be honest with you. Homecoming. So yeah, uh, I did go to the dances. Okay. I wasn't like rah rah setting the stuff up or anything like that. You weren't on like dance committee or something. No, no, nothing like that. But you know, I still went. 
How about you? Um, no, I, I like I. Uh, so I was trying to think back, and I, and I think that I'm very confident that I only went to prom, senior prom. That was like the only one that I went to, and that was because my mom convinced me. Well, she she made a deal with me that if I went, she would buy the suit that I wanted. And I was like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> so she bought the suit. I took one picture, literally one, and went. But I was like, ne- I was like very anti-form, but not and not like a like a, you know, emo kid, goth kid, kind of fight the man type of way. I just was like, oh man, not for me. So I was I was I was thinking about it because like Aunt Becky's like, you know, the driving force of this movie is that she has to help set up the formal and they only have a week and she needs to come up with a theme and the decorations because this is like their last big moment to her like she needs to provide them the christmas memory of their formal so that they can carry it with them like she does forever (laughs) i'm not sure how healthy that is so every week i read the back of the dvd but this is not like applicable today because obviously it's a TV movie. Yeah. And those of you not too familiar with it, Hallmark makes its own movie similar to Lifetime, and they take Christmas very seriously. Oh, yeah. Like they have their own slate of movies every year. And as we said, they're very formulaic. Yes. I was just looking through this year's slate of movies, and I swear half of them star Full House alumni, so this is no different. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And they usually have titles like Christmas Town, Christmas Incorporated, Christmas Among the Evergreens. Yes. <laughs> and I'm reading this directly from the website. Yeah, those are all real, yeah. So so they like they had started like the Hallmark Channel had wholesome movies, right? It was just like generally just wholesome family entertainment kind of movies. And then they would make a couple Christmas ones a year. And they became known for making Christmas ones. So now they make like 20, 30, <laughs> like, like an absorbent amount of Christmas movies that are like this, you know, Hallmark Channel Christmas movie thing. And they shoot a lot of them in Canada. They actually shoot a lot of them in Connecticut near me, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we'll always get, like, notifications, like, today in whatever town. Because, you know, it's, like, New england town. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. All they need is, like, the square and, like, a building for, like, a day and a half while they shoot this movie. And, like, the rest of it they shoot in a studio somewhere or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, so they, like, they now they make, like, so many of these Christmas movies. And it becomes a thing that, like, essentially starting now in November... Hallmark Channel plays, like, only Christmas movies. And I think that there's a Hallmark Christmas movie channel, too, that I might have in, like, my bonus sling package over here. So how'd you see this movie? Um, oh, this, this, so, we had talked about this before, my proponent, like, if you want to watch a Lifetime movie, it has to be with commercials on TV doing laundry, right? Um, the Hallmark ones... Uh, this one I watched on a computer screen because that felt really right <laughs> to like match the Chris. It was I was actually like, like don't guys don't tell anybody else this, but I was actually like at work watching it on a computer screen. <laughs> so you need to be in like a really non-Christmas setting to watch. It's either you have to go one or the other. That's what I'm thinking. You have to do. You either have to be like in a Christmas tree watching this, or you have to be like at work miserable and watching this. To get, like, the full experience, right? Yeah, you, like, you're either baking cookies, you know, in a nice homey kitchen, or, you know, preparing someone's taxes and watching it on your phone. Either way, though, you mentioned something last time which I liked. You know, Lifetime movies, Hallmark movies. Yeah. It's the same thing. 
you really don't have to be paying attention. No. Like, I mean, they don't need to be over-digested like a lot of the theater movies of today. Yes. So where did you watch this on? Because, like, for me, honestly, it's not like I went onto the Hallmark app or the Hallmark channel. <sighs> this one was a little tough to find for me. I had to use some nefarious, <laughs> maybe illegal methods, maybe, maybe not, I'm not saying that, to watch this film. Because it seems like those people at Hallmark didn't want me to find this film. <laughs> it might be banned. Probably. And I'm guessing it's uh, probably. Lori Loughlin related? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's, that's what I was saying. Like, I think this probably is her last film that she's going to make. Um, and I know that they did... She was in the middle of shooting a couple during her drama. Oh, was she? I didn't know. And they, like, cut her and cut the movies, like, really quick. Like, oh. Like, she was literally huh. in the mil- middle of filming them and they were just like nope like we can't run these we know that this is a bad thing so wow yeah okay so over under though what do you think the odds of lifetime making a Lori Lachlan, uh college cheating uh, SAT scandal film um I can bet with utmost certainty that she does have a lifetime movie about her because it already came out <laughs> it literally already came out um, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. Are you serious? That's crazy. I'm not kidding. No, no, it really, it came out like a month ago at this point. Like, <laughs> it's like old news oh, in Lifetime I, world. I, I but she does, surprised. she does have her own Lifetime movie about her Lifetime, like about her, you know, college scan. It's called like, it's called College Scandal something. I forget what it is. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah. They cranked them out, man. They're they're quick. They're they're quick on the draw. So this movie was chosen basically because shockingly it was one of the only movies I could find, Hallmark Christmas movies, with a guarantee of a high school subplot. Really? That's strange. Very strange. Yeah. And we've talked about this, how, like, Lifetime, your favorite, they're like a high school movie... Machine. Yeah, machine, but Hallmark, not so much, and I'm not sure why. I guess high school is, like, just not as wholesome to everyone. <laughs> like, some people, like, you can't, like, wholesome up high school all the time. Like, this high school was so wholesome that they had punch bowls still. <laughs> and I was like, it's 2018, like, does, does Claremont not have drugs or something? Like, s- somebody was gonna... Somebody was going to spike this, but, like, no, we still have punch bowls, literal punch bowls. Oh, yeah, that definitely would happen at my school and most schools. Um, so I went to the Hallmark website, and this is going to be more of a TV summary, obviously, okay. rather than, like, something you'd find on the back of a DVD. Yeah. So here goes. <clears throat> After stepping down as CEO of her dream job, Maddie, played by Lori Loughlin, Heads home for the holidays to gain perspective. She finds herself running into her old high school sweetheart, Carter, and tensions quickly arise. When forced to put together a Christmas dance for a local high school, Carter and Maddie find themselves putting their distances aside and just might rediscover what made them fall in love all those years ago. So, yep, that's pretty much how this movie that's, goes yeah that's that's what happened actually <laughs> that's precisely what happened pretty much um in terms of cast honestly Lori Loughlin or Laughlin was the only one I recognized so I had this so you know I, I do like a face association a lot and then my mind drifts especially in movies like this where they're like catching you up all the time and I was thinking that possibly Lori Loughlin's mom in this film how much better would it be if she would have been 
like the woman from Glee, like the old white-haired lady. Who's that? Yeah, um, uh, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch. Okay, so I'm like, let's recast Jane Lynch as her and make her an actual sassy mom. I like it. Okay? I like it. And she'd be like, <laughs> like you know, whatever vulgarities she wanted to say, that would be incredible <laughs> to me. And Carter, the 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 handsome woodworker, the simple simple town boy that she was in love with in high school. What if he was David Putty from Seinfeld? <laughs> That'd be cool. That voice. And then just like a really big moron. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's like woodworking, but he's constantly hurting himself. Like, like, you know, like this, he, he looked enough like him that I was like, we could get away with this. Yeah. You know? Patrick Warburton, I think his name is. Yes. It would have been just like, I'm a woodworker. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So as I was watching this, I was kind of put those two in the movie, and I was like, hmm, I could get down with that. So just for some perspective on just what a factory hallmark is, I looked up this writer, and just this year, she's written four movies just for Hallmark. <laughs> yeah, her name is Nina Wyman, and she wrote this year, Flip That Romance, The Last Bridesmaid, Double Holiday and Christmas at Dollywood. Double Holiday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is is double wait is Double Holiday a, a movie about a, a divorced couple and the child has to do two Christmases? Because if it's not, they really really missed the mark. Well, actually, it's a Christmas and Hanukkah movie. <laughs> oh damn! Two wholesome. Yeah. So it says. God damn it. Rebecca endures working with her colleague and rival Chris to plan the office Christmas party in hopes of getting a promotion. While spending so much time together, will they take their eyes off the prize oh. and see each other anew? Oh. And the other one, I've actually seen advertisements for Christmas in Dollywood because I think it actually has Dolly Parton in it. So, that, I don't know. Maybe that's interesting. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, sometimes I get like some people like this. Like, didn't we get a surprise Wendy Williams in this one? Yeah, yeah, we do. I was definitely going to get into that. Sorry to spoil it. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. I don't think you could spoil a movie like this. But that did surprise me. Yeah. But I did want to say before that that the main star of Christmas in Dollywood is Danica McKellar from The Wonder Years. Oh, so yeah, washed up actress again. There we go. <laughs> and this director of Homegrown Christmas, his name is uh, Mel Damsky. And I guess he wasn't too active this year. Hopefully he's not dead. But last year, he directed, just for Hallmark, he's a factory in himself, one, two, three, four, five movies. How do you even do this? So these are like, I mean, like, even the little that I do know about movie making is that, like, t two months, like, start to finish, like, even directing-wise, like, for him to, like, get the script, read it, do casting like two like five a year is a fuck ton i guess it helps that they're all hallmark movies of course yeah so here are his movies for that year darrow and darrow 2 yeah love at sea i'm sure you can guess the plot of that film yeah i can take a guess <laughs> are they are they on a cruise ship or did they is it somebody working on a cruise ship i know they're on a cruise ship just judging from the picture okay. right here yeah the third one actually stars Lori lachlan oh so he worked with her before they have like a long-term working relationship i guess if long term is a year i mean that's long term in hallmark movie world <laughs> and the one that uh he directed her in was called garage sale mysteries mm -hmm. that one sounds tasty too i like that 
Garage Sale Mysteries. And then he directed another Darrow and Darrow film the same year. This one is called Darrow and Darrow, Body of Evidence. (laughs) What? And that's when we get to homegrown Christmas. And for the record, before this year, he'd done a bunch of other Hallmark movies and Hallmark Christmas movies. This is just this guy's life, and I'm sure he's having a wonderful, wonderful life at that. And he's probably rolling in the dough. I'm sure he is. Like, I mean, like, not, like, a ton, but I think that, like, if you did, like, five Hallmark movies a year, he's, like, he's living. You know what I mean? Like, it's not bad. He spends a week in New England a year, or Vancouver, (laughs) but then he, like, comes back. He's fine. His wife likes it. Oh, I'm sure she does. So let's just jump into the movie. Okay. So do you have any first impressions of this opening or any, uh, anything that struck you at the beginning of this film? Oh, I've, I've some notes. Um, first thing they, they do a really good Hallmark, um, wholesomeness establishment very early in the movie and Lori Lachlan selling her shoes company right because that's her dream (laughs) she's a a big city girl that designs shoes now and she sold her company and she's just going to retire yes but they establish that the new the new people the new overlords that have taken over her company want to make her staff work on Christmas week and she's like, that it was never a policy. I fucking love Christmas. <laughs> and nobody's going to be working on Christmas. And they're like, Aunt Becky, relax. We are done with you now. You go back to Claremont. Okay? And so they send her home. But I did like the framing of it that we were like, she. they have to show you if she's pro or anti-Christmas because you're going to turn one way or the other, right? At the end of the Hallmark movie a Christmas movie, everybody's pro-Christmas. But they have to tell you at the beginning whether or not they're anti or pro-Christmas. <laughs> and we learn a lot of like easy stuff at the beginning. Like, for example, she moved to the city from her small town of Claremont to start her shoe empire. Yeah. And of course she sells shoes. I don't know, there's something so like binary, I guess is the right word, about like these Hallmark movies. She sells shoes because women... Love shoes. Yes. Like women love women's stuff and men love men's stuff, quote unquote, in these films. She she designed shoes. He's a woodworker. They were going to move to New York City and do it together. And it's like, no, you weren't. Not even slightly, but like she was gonna work at a, she was gonna work at a DSW, <laughs> and he was and, and he was gonna be like a packer at IKEA or something. Is what like in reality, this is what would have what would happened, right? So yeah, that was their dream. She went to New York to sell shoes. He went to New York, or he was supposed to go to New York to I don't know woodwork or something. And at the last minute, he decided not to go. There were high school sweethearts, but. She went on her own, and they haven't spoken since high school. And she hates him. When we see him, he, she, he's like, I have to hide during Christmas Day. And, like, he still works for her mom. And somehow they, like, never got over this. It's really strange. Can you imagine working with, like, your ex-girlfriend's mom for, like, 20 years? And then you never... And, like, you see her, and she's like, fuck that dude. And, like, like you work for her mom. Like, her mom's going to know that you're a good dude, right? Like, you would either get fired or, like... 
like it would your have mom, come to like, some resolution, right? Yeah, not like twenty years later. And the mom seems like real chill about it. She's like, "You guys were like kids. Like, get over it, Lori Lachlan." She's like, "No shoes and New York City for me." I'm really, really surprised that it never came up, because it says that like she came back every Christmas, and you would have think they would have ran into each other at some point before this. Yeah, like yeah. it would have come up, or at least like the sassy mom would have done something put them together yes that like he works for the company you know like he's good looking he's a good guy that and like and the whole premise of this movie is it's set in a small town where like everybody knows everyone and like they can do the high school formal in a barn it's like you're gonna run into this dude they're like they're all shopping at one store like you never see this guy ever even like if he, like outside like drive by your house or something <laughs> And all these years have created this tension. But you know what? There was another character that, like, I feel like Aunt Becky had even more tension with. And that's her sister. Did you see that stare-off? Yeah. Like, that scene where they first, like, meet again. The sister's super shady to her. And honestly, like, from that moment, I thought it was going to be, like, more serious with the sister. I thought something, like, crazy had happened between them. See, if this was a Lifetime movie, there'd be, like some some undercurrent of sexual assault in their pasts. Yeah, I don't know if the tension went that far. No, it's like that's like a truth, you know what I mean? Like it would be like like we that's that's just like the craziness and the and the the differences we see between them. Like it goes the complete opposite way of wholesome a lot of the time. So yeah, that's, you know, if you want more wholesome stuff, you just put on the Hallmark channel and you're like, okay, they're just like kind of mad at each other because like she wasn't supposed to get the company, but now she has it. And, you know, the woodworking company, not the shoes company. Those are two different. Everybody owns their own companies in these movies, obviously. <laughs> and they all are just doing whatever they like, whatever hobby that you can imagine you do at home. There's a company for it and somebody owns it and they're like millionaires. Yeah, we see, like, a cookie company in this, like, emerge potentially into something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, everybody just does their dream, makes a company, retires. Like, in the Hallmark universe, nobody does a job just, like, for the money. No. Because I know even, like, Carter doesn't own the business, but it still never feels like he's doing the woodworking for the money. It seems like he has a passion for it, or even just, like, wants to help the family out. But I feel like in the Hallmark universe, even the guy working at the gas station, like, always dreamed of being a gas station attendant. Yeah, he's like, my daddy owned this gas station. (laughs) And, like, I sell oil in the day and gas at night, you know? Like, yeah, it is his dream. Yeah, I found that really funny. Also something that I thought was interesting, like, the stakes. And even though when I'm watching, I'm like, I'm swept into the plot. But the stakes are so incredibly low, at least for this film. Yes. I mean, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but there always seems to be, like, a safety net like, if everything in the film fails, they won't, like, lose everything, you know? Yeah. Like, they wouldn't be out on the streets or anything. Yeah, that's why this is the whole, like, the only sensible person is is Carter's sister. Because she's like, like, dude, like, like, shit can go wrong. And he's like, what's the worst that can happen? And it's like... Shit can go wrong. That's the worst that can happen here. And, like, not, like, I'm not a frightening person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a scaredy person. Like, I'll go into, like, wild shit, whatever. That's fine. But, like, they're way too complacent about, like, 
they just have yeah you're right just like a bunch of safety nets like if lord lachlan's shoe company didn't work out she just comes home and like manages the woodworking company so it's like what is really gonna happen that's bad to her nothing yeah and like not to get ahead but if she is forced to move back to new york she has a great job waiting for her like you know what I mean? Yeah, she like sells her shoe company and then immediately gets another one with Wendy Williams. So it's like, <laughs> it, like a week later. Yeah, I don't think these movies are made for like me because like it really seems like you're not supposed to feel the conflict or like the conflict's supposed to be like cute conflict, not supposed to you know rack you. Yes, that's that's one of the wholesomeness parts that gets. And I'm glad you brought it up. I think that m- me too. That I'm like a hair too cynical to like watch these because like I can't turn my brain off and I've met people that really do enjoy them and if you do that's awesome but I'm like man like I can't get behind this and they're like but like look it's so sweet and cute and I'm like yeah but life doesn't exist like this not for me at least so like I always watch it through my perspective and I'm like come on man like give me something here it feels weird to watch a movie that just everything kind of works out for everyone because to me, I've never experienced that, you know? Yeah, but I have to think that this kind of stuff doesn't happen to most people. Uh, you know, this many coincidences or happy-go-lucky things. But I think for a lot of people, or for most, it's like their escape from the real world. It, no, but so, so like a lot of the viewers of these ones specifically are like are like people from small towns that are that are this is again i think we talked about this last time that this is their like imagination of what (laughs) new york is like yeah yeah no for sure that like you're like hey i want to go design shoes i start the biggest shoe company in the world i go to new york i sell it wendy williams wants to give me a shoe deal the next day and like i come back to my small town and everything's still the same and cool and you're like no, it's not. And you can just like go like drink coffee in Central Park for no reason and there's like snowball fights and shit and it's like no, like it's really not like that, but sure. It would have added like so much to the story if she uh I don't know, was like kicked out of her company or was somehow like forced to sell instead of like no, what happened no. here. Or, or, like, had no fallback option later. I don't know. It wouldn't have changed, like, the plot that much, except added some more tension. No. In a no, good way. it definitely way. wouldn't have. But she sells her company for what is presumably a large amount of money, because she's now, like, retired. Yeah, living the dream. She's like, I don't have to do a thing if I don't want to. See, and I also watch them and try to instill more conflict into these movies. <laughs> because everything is just working so perfectly. I'm like, but what if she, like... She's, like, pushed out because she, like, fucked, like, half the staff that was there. (laughs) And her name is getting smeared all over the tabloids. And, like, she had to sell her company and leave. And you're like, well, that would put some stakes in it. Like, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, because when, like, a hometown guy like Carter finds that out. Exactly. Like, she's hiding it from him. (laughs) So the other, uh, I guess, story in this, like, the the plot uh, device in this is... It relates to the more cringeworthy moments of the film, and maybe a lot of the reason why you guys are listening today. A lot of the uh, Lori Lachlan parts are related to this one story. Carter's niece? What was her name? Yeah, it's niece. Ava. Ava. Ava, yeah. So she has like a lot of dreams of fashion, I suppose. She designs dresses in her free time. Yes. And even though her mom hasn't like really pushed her in this direction... She uh, does these sketches, and she shows Aunt Becky these sketches. 
and she's like mesmerized when she sees them. It's like one of the best she's ever seen. Ever. Ever. And so she encourages her to apply to the big fashion institute in New York. Is it just like New York fa- – they just call it like New York Fashion Institute, right? They just say like Fashion Institute. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually FIT or something else. <laughs> but like they only accept like 40 people a year. Yes, it's tight. It's really tight. Yeah, and then we get one of the more interesting conversations of the film. Oh my god, go ahead. So she, um... So she, so this girl really, really, her dream is to go to the Fashion Institute of New York, but she does not know when application season is for it. <laughs> You're right. Okay, so just keep that in mind. She's never researched how to... She, she knows exactly how many people they take. She knows where it is. She knows everything about it, except when the date is due for her application. So, yeah, Aunt Becky uh, encourages her and tells her when the date is, and, you know, she's very supportive. Aunt Becky's like, come on, like, you still got time to apply. And she and she's like, well, you know, whatever. And she's like, I know the dean there. Yeah, and she's like, do you want me to talk to the dean? Like, you know, I can get you in. And you know what? I don't know if Ava actually deserved to get in. I think Aunt Becky might have just, you know, used her means to get her into FIT. I think... Like, even though it's such a hard school, Aunt Becky guarantees it. Like, she knows something. She was very certain of it. And, and like, and it just... They magically took the application, like, late, like, during Christmas, like, just in case. And she also gets an acceptance letter, like, two days later. And it's like... (laughs) Did they have this, like, pre-printed, just, like, waiting in an envelope, just, like, slap your name on the front of it and send it off? Because, like, this happens way too quick. Oh, yeah, we can't forget that this takes place over a week, this film. Yeah, because it's, the it's like, yeah, you're right, because it's, like, she says we have a week till the dance, and then, like, the dance happens. And, like, the day before the dance or of the dance, like, her mom's already pissed that she got the acceptance letter. <laughs> Well, let's step aside for a second okay. because maybe some of our audience members have been like living under a rock and not realizing like why we're giggling so much. But Lori Lachlan, Aunt Becky, of course. Uh huh. Again, Aunt Becky is her name from Full House, not her character's name here. Yeah. But she's been in the news recently. She's been very famous or infamous, if you will, uh, because she's part of this whole college admission scandal. Apparently. She paid off the dean or made an illegal transcript or something to get her daughter into Stanford. So it's really funny that a movie she made, like, right before or right during this, she's talking about getting in someone she loves into college using her influence. Yeah, well, her daughter was a fake coxswain for the crew team, and they fabricated all of these, like, athletic achievements so that she could get in because she called the dean and got her into the to Stanford, yeah. So I got to be honest with you. When I first heard this story break, I wasn't that surprised because, I don't know, I assume that this happens, like... All the time, same. All the time. No, like... Yeah, like, honestly, like, my first reaction was just like, oh, this is not something that's, like, happening and known. Dude. Like, I'm not forgiving it, and I know it's, like, a really shitty thing to do. I just, again, assume that it happened in the real world with celebrities and rich people all the time. Yeah, no, same. And and we do know that, like, at least 
the Ivies have like a history of like taking legacies. Like if your grandfather went there, you get in, right? Like that's like the whole thing. Like there's like a legacy box on the application, right? Like you can just check it and be like, yeah, like my dad went here and they're like, okay, cool. Top of the list, like whatever. So like, yeah, it's the same thing that I thought too, that like, and we see like how many times do we see like a building on school's campus and it's like, Oh yeah, absolutely, Whatever all the time. Huge, like the Bill Gates Symposium of Music or something. And you're like, okay, well, that's what he did. Dr. Dre just did this for like U- USC, right? He built like a whole music school and his daughter's in high school. It's like, you don't think she's going to get into USC now? Really? Wow. Like there's like a Beats by Dre laboratory that's like half the USC campus at this point. That's crazy. Yeah, he built like this like giant like music def jam fucking whole Jimmy Iovine like works there. So it's it's craziness. And like and he's like, "Yeah, like hopefully one day my daughter gets to go to USC." And it's like they're not going to reject her. Oh, of course not. Of course not. So like it's not on this scale, but like we all kind of assume that this was always happening. Like, always happening. So, yeah, I just want to clarify that. I figured you wouldn't be one who was incredibly offended by what's happened here. No! I mean, it's spicy news. It's funny. I hate to say it, but it's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I know it sounds like we're mocking it, but it's not, like, out of outrage. And and honestly, screw anyone who's like, oh, you guys shouldn't be mocking such a serious scandal. Because it's not that crazy. No, it's not. And also, it's like, at the end of the day, like, who did they really hurt? Like... You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Maybe you you probably took some spots from more deserving, more underprivileged kids. I get it. But it's like, this is really a victimless crime, right? Like, this isn't, like, nobody, like, got hurt in the whole thing of this. Like, it's just shitty to kids that, like, try to do it the right way. That And that would be me on this end of it. So, like, I can agree with your outrage that this is shitty, but, like, I didn't expect anything less, so. Yeah, and again, we're not forgiving it. It's just that, like... It's something that I just always assumed happened. Like, for example, if I had a kid who uh, applied to Stanford and then I found out, like, just barely didn't get in, I wouldn't be like, oh, I guess they didn't earn it. The first thing I would assume is that some rich kid's son or daughter got in before me and it wouldn't be happy, but I'd be like, you know, that's life. And it sucks, but it is what it is. Yes! It's like, yeah, that sucks, but I wouldn't be like, oh, what? This is happening? Yeah. And, like, how many people can really afford to, like, to spend, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars to just, like, mooch their kid through the thing? And you could do this anyways. I was reading, like, a bunch of articles that, like, okay, so they just got caught doing, like, the most aggressive form of this. Like, getting people to take their kids' tests and this kind of stuff. Whereas, like, if I had a tutor that, like, reviewed all my papers and just wrote all my papers for me, how is that any different? Yeah, you're right. You know, there's, like, there's varying levels of this that's, like, how lazy were you and when did you start doing it? But, like, <laughs> like rich people have been, like, being tutored by, like, private tutors for years that do, like, all their homework and stuff like that for them anyway. So, like... Even before college was invented, people had rich tutors doing their homework for them. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, like, like, this is... Like, I was reading this crazy New York Times article that's, like, this girl gets hired by, like... She's, like, I've been in this business now for, like, 20 or 30 years. And she's, like, I've literally, like, made people, like, on the boards of companies... And I know it because, like, I wrote their papers in high school. I wrote their papers in college. When they, like, go to apply for jobs, I write their, like, 
resumes and then like I write their you know board acceptance letters and I'd like and she just does this and she's like I've made like you know so many people in this chain that now that they're like on like you know the board of some company they just dick around all day and don't do anything because like I know that I wrote every single paper for them along the way like they have no self-accomplishments yeah so like I, I, I'm not I'm not phased by it oh that's so crazy I mean again though not surprising in fact, I think when this story came out, a bunch of rich people were just, like, shaking in their boots, like, oh, my God, we've been doing this for years. Thank God it wasn't us getting caught. Oh, yeah, and they're still scared and, like, petrified. They're like, she only got, like, a year and a half left. Like, let's just make it through this, and as soon as she gets that diploma, we're out, you know? like. <laughs> also, from from a different perspective, like, a, like – the perspective that if I had children, I would do everything within my being to set them up to be successful for their lives. And I can't disrespect that. Like, you went about it a really dumb, shitty way. But, like, if I was given the option to bribe my kids way into a very nice school, I'd probably do it. I Like, you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't twist. I wouldn't be like, oh, no, like, what what about the kids I'm going to hurt? I'd be like, fuck that. Like, if I have the money to do it, I'm going to pay for them to get in too. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I know, like, morally ambiguously, like, for me, like, if I had the, like, to help any of, like, my friends, my nephews, nieces, like, any of these kids, like, if I could help them get in, I would do it. Like, and feel no remorse. So, um, I think the majority of parents would probably agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Again, not forgiving this. No. But I think the parents of the kids who got screwed, like, if they could have done what Lori Lachlan did, I'm sure they would. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, so I can't even really be mad at these people about it because, like, I know that, like, okay, they deserve to be punished. It is wrong. But, like, I would have done the same thing. So, like, I can't fault them for it. Guys, we'll get off this topic soon, I promise. I know you're eager to get back to the movie chat here. <laughs> but this is high school related, high school into college. It is. But, you know... I was really surprised that she got jail time. Same! I thought the most that would happen here is, like, she would get expelled or, like, have to pay, like, a fine or, or like, some amount of money or whatever. Some fines. Yeah. Some donations to, like, an underprivileged children's thing. Some, like, tutoring for poor kids. Like, something along these lines to, like, try to balance out the karma, right? No, but it's, like, jail time. Yeah, and it doesn't even seem like that would be fair for anyone. I feel like money would help more people than, like, someone like that going to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just, like... But and, but really, it's, like, should you punish her? Because, like, Lori Lachlan's daughter, like, was very adamant about that she, like, didn't want to be at Stanford. Oh, really? Did you see, like, all these videos and No, stuff? I don't think I saw those. She was, like... She just, like, wants to decorate her dorm and, like, hang out. She's, like, I guess I have to go to class today. Like, this sucks. Like, she didn't want to be there. It was, like, all Lori Lachlan's doing. So, like, she, like when they're, like, you're out, she's, like, cool finally fuck it like i'm trying to be an instagram model like leave me alone <laughs> well then she should have probably like assessed the situation better you know yes like why am i going to jail for my ungrateful child <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of logical sense you know what i mean yeah you'd have to like know the like you're like okay they're trying to be an academic this was like well lori lachlan's never home because she's shooting fucking 16 hallmark christmas movies a year in canada <laughs> yeah she's like making decisions up in vancouver their daughter is taking instagram pictures getting famous and she's like no but you need your schooling <laughs> well back to the movie um so the niece obviously eventually gets in 
to the Fashion Institute, but, like, she says she doesn't want to go, but it's really her mom who doesn't want to go, so sh she actually does want to go, and Lori Lachlan's very encouraging. It's a whole, whole big thing here, you know? Yes. How did you feel about the conflict in this film of Aunt Becky being, uh, like, a meddler? Like, one of the main conflictions in this is that she's just a meddler. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> and she does, like, and she does, like, dumb shit, so... The subplot of the movie is the woodworker, boyfriend, high school sweetheart, he also makes, like, Christmas houses and stuff, right? Yeah, he makes, like, little model Christmas homes. Like, model houses for, like, train sets, these kind of things, which are actually, like, really expensive, and, like, there's, like, a whole market for them, there's people that love them. And so he's making them, and he just, like, does them for fun, and obviously, you know, the Christmas formal theme it wasn't allowed to be Christmas because Aunt Becky says that's not a theme. But like, <laughs> no, no. Santa's village was okay, so so it's. Oh God, I love that scene. She's basically ripping on him because Winter Wonderland to her is unoriginal. Yeah, she's like every other year's Winter Wonderland. But somehow Santa's workshop or like the North Pole Christmas Village is inspiring and original and unique. Yeah. I didn't get it. And also, she suggests Christmas masquerade. And I'm like, how the fuck is that any different either? She's like, Christmas is a season, not a theme. And you're like, well, it can be a theme too. Just like throw some Christmas lights up. And she's like, <laughs> oh, stupid men. You don't never understand this. And then she's like, Santa's village though, jackpot. And you're like, w it's the same thing. Like, that's okay. Like, you can. I don't get it. I don't get it. Wait, so there was that. And then, okay. So, because of the themes, right, uh, we, we learn that he makes the houses, the little houses. And, like, so Aunt Becky's goal is, like, she's now been, like, meddling in many people's lives with, like, the, the Fashion Institute and calling the dean. And now she's like, look, this guy said he never wants to sell his houses, <laughs> his Christmas houses. And she's like, but really, he just doesn't know that he does want to sell them. So we're going to put them online for sale. And tell everyone that they're for sale, and you can custom order them. And when he finds out that everybody wants them, he's going to be stoked. And it's like, I would be so mad if somebody was meddling in my life like this. Like, could you, like, could you take this? It's so ridiculous. He's obviously going to find out very soon, and at a very inopportune moment. And they haven't even discussed like how much extra they're paying him for this or anything like that. Yeah, none of this, none of these factors, and, like, he's, he is an employee, so you're kind of, like, you know, ultimately, they're gonna be a couple, and they're meant for each other, true. <laughs> but, like, as of right now, he's just an employee that works at your mom's shop, and you just created, like, a whole fuck ton of extra work for him for no reason, with no payment agreement, either. And... What if he says no, which is a distinct possibility? How many customers are you pissing off? Yeah, that's not a very good business or, like, marketing strategy. Like, she's, like, this business genius. And it's, like, now you're just going to have all these, like, really pissed customers that are, like, where are the fucking houses? And you're, like, just kidding. Sorry, we were just gauging interest. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, like... <sighs> I would, I would just hate the meddling part. I was, like, that's such a terrible, terrible thing. Like... I, and I don't like that this movie kind of encourages it by making that okay. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I've met people that think that, like, this is okay. And I'm like, no. When I said don't fucking do it, just don't do it. Like, 
I, I specifically told you, like, I don't want to sell these, so, like, leave me the fuck alone about it. Like, I, I wasn't just, like, ploying with you to, like, <laughs> go and just, like, do all the behind-the-scenes work and, like, get orders for me. I'm really, like, no, I didn't want to do that, so stop. And, again, I'm going to say this again, but she's been back in his life for less than a week. Yeah, it's, like, three days at this point. <laughs> It really has been. So it's like she comes in and just flips his whole fucking world upside down. And, like, he's cool with it, I guess, at the end. But, like, oh, Is she so ever weird. a likable character to you? Aunt Becky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the closest we ever got to her being likable to me, it was it was not Full House. But she was in a two-season show with Zac Efron, and it was oh, very, yeah. like one of the very first things that he did, and it was called Summerland, and she was the star of Summerland. I forgot about that. It was another one of these like PBS kind of like afternoon come home from school kind of shows, <laughs> and like I think it, that was like it was like a little edgier, like there was like alcoholism in it or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like it wasn't Lifetime scandalous, but it was like it was closer. And um and and she was pretty decent in that, and she essentially plays like the same character she plays in all of these, which is like you know, older lady in love but doesn't know it, and like very determined, and then like you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is this is what she did. Cause what did she? She was like, oh no, in that one, like I think her like her brother and sister died, and she had to like come back and raise the like her niece. Oh, something. Yeah, so she, yeah, that's what it was. But she like she's from LA now cuz she does LA things. And so like they have to like move to Summerland to like be with her <laughs> and they're like down home. Be- it's the same story, man. It is. <laughs> so, yeah. Because even so. Full House, she's like uh Danny Tanner's um co-host and she's not yes. like family oriented. No. She's into her business, but she meets the love of her life and starts a family. And lives in yes. her coworker's attic. Like, <laughs> yeah, she plays she plays strong independent woman's a lot, which is a great thing. But she, she's been like she's been in charge of this character for like a very like since the early nineties, right? So, <laughs> absolutely. It's it's really a weird typecasting now that I think about it. And you brought that up, but she does play this like outgoing businesswoman, non family oriented that like gets thrust into a family at some point. <laughs> Yeah, what a weird wheelhouse to have. <laughs> yeah, like you know who you think of like you're like we need, like we need an action star, The Rock, Jason Statham. <laughs> we we need a strong independent woman that probably doesn't want a family but actually secretly does want a family. It's like where's Laura Lachlan at? We need her. <laughs> oh man. So, um I mean, we haven't really touched upon it. I mean, yeah, we have the entire time, but in terms of just like the high school elements are putting together this dance. Yes. Um, it's happening in the family's, you know, woodworking Wood barn. Yeah. Barn, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's not too much devoted to the actual, like, current high schooler elements. Um, we The ones we really get to meet are, again, uh, Carter's Ava. niece. Yeah, Ava. And I guess her boyfriend or whoever that, that guy is. Robbie or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we see the principal. We do. At one point, yeah. And... Claremont's principal, he's, like, very excited that they have the winter formal. Um, and, and, and this was a weird factor to me, too. But, like, the girl that's trying to go to dressmaking school, 
that's like you know sketching dresses all the time making her own dresses then becomes like winter formal queen and i was like that's not how real life works <laughs> right like i was like that's like hey man i know that i was closer to this than you know cheerleading captain but like the weird girl that's drawing dresses on her in her notebook all day is not the same girl that wins like it, it was just like a really wholesome thing i was like wow i can't believe like obviously what i was hoping that as i was watching this scene that she wasn't gonna win i was like we met two characters that are in high school ava and her boyfriend who's should be nameless right and i was hoping when the principal was like and here's our you know winter formal king and queen they were going to give it to two other kids we hadn't seen yet <laughs> and it, that was going to be the conflict and ava was going to be like oh man like look at her dress it's so beautiful and like these kind of things but nope. again wholesomeness nope. wins out every time nope. everything goes right <laughs> yeah uh, that i was just gonna say the reason they win is because those are the only people we know <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah exactly like if we had met anybody else it might have been a bit of a toss-up but we didn't meet anyone else at this dance no the only thing that could have been worse is like if if aunt becky won <laughs> right like that's the only way this could have been even worse is like they take it from the kids and give it to aunt becky and they're like you're the real queen for saving the party that's something that like honestly i maybe not queen but i really expected to, them to have a big prom moment or sorry winter formal moment yes and that didn't really happen i know they have like it's a teased dance. there and they have a dance but I thought that's where we were going to get our ending. But they added a little bit of conflict after the dance. Cause, yeah, because he finds out that she put the houses up for sale, unbeknownst to him. And um, he gets pissed about it for like three seconds. <laughs> and then it's like, you know what, you're right. I was also kind of, like, there's a very weird, like, interact Like, obviously with all of these movies, they kind of, like, stretch them, right? This is only an hour and 20 minute movie. But there's, like, going to be scenes that you don't even really need in these. Like, they, they're not working to cut these down. There's no, like, extended edition of this movie, right? Like, <laughs> it's going to be as tight as possible. But there's, like, a whole, like, rapport scene where he's, like, you need to bring her back by midnight. And he's, like, when? And she's, like, 11. And then he's, like, 1230. And they, like, have this argument but he's a fucking chaperone at the dance. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, aren't, like, where would he have her? Like, it's not at the dance. Yeah, like I would. Be and you're in a small too. town. Like, there's like five streets in this town, from what I can tell, and it's all Christmas light lit. Like, maybe they could have walked back from the dance instead of driving. Like, like, how much time can you take? You know. I kind of assumed too that he would probably be bringing them to the dance. Same! You know? That's what I'm saying. They're probably in the same car. <laughs> like, if, if your uncle's the chaperone and, like, his, like, you know, fake girlfriend and Becky's there, too, it's like, we're gonna know where you are. Like, it's not a big deal. Unless there's, like, some kind of, like, hidden, like, dark, you know, rager going on that, like, <laughs> is after the winter formal that they all, like, knew about. And Becky's like, that was the real party. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't seem like that would ex even exist in this world. <laughs> no, this world has... There's open punch bowls just floating through this, <laughs> which still blows my mind. Do you think an open punch bowl could have existed in your high school? Oh, definitely. I mean, okay, Alc like, spiking things aside, like, that just... I mean, that probably would have happened. But if it yeah. did not happen, 
I don't think people would be in favor of just like open containers like that around so many just like gross kids. Yeah, gross kids. You know, like if, yeah, if it's not getting tampered with, let's say you have just like a teacher or some kind of chaperone staring at it the entire time. Which again, why is that worth it? I don't know. Like just so the the punch bowl could be, or just punch in general. Like what? The, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, what's the big? Uh, I'm deal trying to imagine. Punch? I gave them the benefit of the doubt that this is probably like apple cider, right? Because it's like Christmas time, like wassail something. Okay, like. fair. We'll say it's something like that. But, well, yeah. But e- even still, like, just the idea of like kids could be spitting in it or sneezing in it. Yeah. Just wipe uh, a booger on the inside. Like somebody's gonna do it. Like, because they're all like t- 14 years old. Like somebody's gonna have this idea. It's not just me, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I probably would stay away from it anyway. So just a dumb idea, but just shows what they know about putting together. Oh, and that's just something, too. Like, I, I can't believe that a school, a presumably, like, public school that all the town's kids go yeah. to, trusted, like, these randos to put a dance <laughs> together for them. I get using their barn, but why couldn't they use their, like, prom committee and people from their yes. actual school to put it together well, like and oh god and okay so i get it the premise is that there was a flood in the gym all the decorations were also in the gym okay <laughs> so we need new decorations we need a new venue got those Lori Lachlan's the one who picks the theme so like nobody in this school <laughs> before Lori Lachlan showed up had a theme set because if you did have like a dance committee these girls would have been planning the theme of this for months, right? Like, that's, like, the whole point of it. And so, like, Lori Lachlan just comes in. It's, like, Santa's Village, and, like, everybody's cool with it. Like, nobody questions it at all. Yeah, like... Very strange to me. What? Yeah. That principal or, or whoever, like, the students either got the shaft or just complete dicks were like, hey, our dance was ruined. Just you guys do something and we'll go. <laughs> like, <laughs> fix this right now. <laughs> And any other uh, moments in Homegrown Christmas that you'd like to talk about or anything else um, struck you? Oh, yes. Uh, I just have one. And, oh, another Hallmark uh, Christmas movie trope that needs to exist is a snowball fight. And we get a good snowball fight in this one. <laughs> a snowball fight that the girl wins with a trick <laughs> is also a nice extension of it. She was like, oh, no, I don't snowball fight. I have to tie my shoe. And then, like, bends down, picks up a snowball, and just clocks him in the side of the face to the point where I think that actor got fucked. Like, he got rocked in the jaw with this Lori <laughs> Lachlan's fake snowball really bad. His, like, hunky dad square jaw. The guys yeah. the guys look very similar in these movies. I've oh, noticed that. Oh, they're always the same guy. It's always, like, the same, the exact same face. Yeah. <laughs> They they definitely do always look a look the same. Um, a little a little plot hole was uh, that her driver opens the doors for her in New York City, loads all of her luggage for her, and then when she arrives in Claremont, he had just like kicked her out with her luggage and to take up the steps herself to her house. And I was like, did he just like bounce? <laughs> like he must have been like works over and just like pushed her out the side <laughs> of it. I'll never see like, you again. Yeah, he was, like, picking up all the luggage. It, like, she's, like, fumbly. See, it, it was clear that it was him, too. It wasn't like he just drove her to the airport and, like, some taxi No, they off. showed you yeah. the, the drive. So, like, she was in the car with him. And the last one that I had was, there's a scene. That, so, 
uh, the other like you know subplot kind of thing is that there's a cookie bake off essentially <laughs> there's like a recipe share that nobody wants to share their recipes of and it becomes a giant old lady competition okay <laughs> Which sounds awesome, and I want to be there because I want to eat all these cookies. This sounds like my favorite kind of competition. <laughs> like, I could go there, and I would run so much game because, like, one, um, old ladies love me. I'm, like, very good with old ladies. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I'm, like, they, they just eat it up. I don't know what it is. And two, I love cookies. And three, I could be very wooed to, like, be persuaded to say whoever's cookie's the best. So, like, th- like I would play perfectly into this situation. I'll be eating 50 different cookies, telling them my thoughts on them, like, schmoozing. This is, like, right up my alley. But while they're doing this, they're doing this, like, this, like, commentary on the, like, cookie brawl that's about to happen. And I was like, this is way too wholesome of flirting for me. Like, they, like, <laughs> extended this cookie. They're like, ooh, she's not going to give her the recipe. Oh, let's go back to the tape, you know? And, like, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, God. Like, there's, like, six minutes of it. And I was like, somebody out there is really enjoying the cookie commentary banter. And it's not me. <laughs> like, it's definitely not. I'm way too cynical for it. So. Now, yeah. I've never, you know, I've never seen your current home, but. What would you say, like, do you live in a suburban environment? Okay. I live seven minutes from the city. It's definitely not suburban by, like, suburban standards. I have one rule of living, and that's that I must live within walking distance of a liquor store or (laughs) bar at all times. That's Rachel's gradient of, like, anywhere that she wants to live. I'm like, I have to be able to walk to a bar if it snows. (laughs) And she's like, okay. Yeah, I think that's like the, the that's the the radius of civilization, right? Like that's his, <laughs> so. So I have like two liquor stores within walking distance of my house. I'm on like a side street that's like extended city, like outskirts of city type. Gotcha. Yeah. It's not suburbs. Like I don't have like a huge, huge, huge space. My neighbor, you know, gets mad if the music is too loud type thing. Like still, so like I'm I'm in an area that there's like people around, but not. Not suburbs. So uh, it doesn't sound like the kind of community that you could ingratiate yourself in and then eventually judge these old lady cookie contests. No, I don't think so. I, like, And also the neighborhood that I live in, like I live on like the very edge of the neighborhood and the neighborhood is pretty nice. Like if you go like into the neighborhood. So they like, they kind of neglect me. Like <laughs> I'm, if, if I tell people I live in the neighborhood that I live in and they're like, really where at and i'm like here and they're like that's not this neighborhood and i'm like well my mail says it is so i don't know what you want me to tell you about it like you can disown me and that's fine like i definitely don't live in the same neighborhood as like like the same neighborhood as these people but like it says it so well i don't know maybe you could just walk on over just like bring a pie one day then keep getting invited oh, God, to these things no. and, and eventually eventually be like hey joe you want to judge our cooking contest <laughs> I'm not I'm not a bring a pie over kind of neighbor. That's the thing. Like I'm really bad with neighbors. Like I don't know any of my neighbors' names. I've seen them before. I think I've maybe said three words to a neighbor before. And like I live like close enough that I can see their house and them getting in and out of their cars. <laughs> I'm with you there. Like that's totally me. Yeah, well, like so. I just want to be left alone. I'm okay. But I think that like if I found like a nice Italian old lady community, 
that I could get in there. That would be my that would be my target. If I was in Pittsburgh, like I know a lot of people's aunts and uncles, like aunts, grandmas, and stuff like that, I could probably infiltrate that one and be pretty good. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I guess that's it for homegrown Christmas. Yes, that is. Do you think you'll be watching any more Hallmark Christmas movies this year? I will. I definitely will. Um, as as grouchy and scroogey as I am, my love for Lifetime movies has has now grown to encompass specifically the Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, I like how repetitive they are and, like, the theme of it and seeing, like, which turns they try to, like, throw you off. Because, like we said, you know, they all have the same kind of tropes. So, like, I like to see, like, what spins they try to put on it. <laughs> um... So I do watch a lot more of them than I ever would, and I think that they have, like, a special place. Like, it's it's easy watching, man. So I definitely will be watching more. I'm looking forward to this year's. I found a great one last year about, what was it called? It was, like, something. Uh, she was a flower shop owner, and she needed to do the, the Christmas flower bouquets for the competition. And, uh, you know, obviously there's always a competition or a dance or something you have to, like, prepare for. And, yeah, so I'll, I'll be watching more of these for sure. Now, I'm pretty sure this is the case, but uh, Lifetime also has Christmas movies as well, correct? Oh, yeah. God. Are they more on the risque side, or do they pivot like, hey, it's Christmas, let's just like play it safe? No, they'll do some, they'll do some Christmas-themed murder ones, which are good. Like, they'll definitely, yeah, they, all the Lifetime ones are a little bit more risque. There's, there's not so many wholesome ones. Or, like, they try to have, like, a moral to them. It'll be like... You know, like, uh, don't discriminate against something, someone, some type of something. And so, like, they, they do get a little bit edgier than the, the Hallmark ones. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that's interesting. Good to know. Yeah. Maybe I'll check out some this mm. year. But I know well, next year... You need year, a bud. Yeah. <laughs> I know next year, though, Joe, I definitely want to have you on for some... Some of these lifetime titles. Maybe maybe we'll do an, a not lifetime film. Maybe we will because that would be fun. But there are so many great ones that you've oh. shuffled my way oh. throughout the uh, you know throughout. I the try months. to I try to pass you some notes in class a little bit. <laughs> if you know, just give you some of the the highlight ones that I've been watching as they come out and oh. Anything re anything anything recently tickle your fancy a little bit? Oh, one of the what was it? Cheerleader identity something. <laughs> There was there was one about it was kind of a reverse role, so I, I think that this will work great for the show. But it was a reverse role that an, that a girl that was like thirty goes back to high school and becomes a cheerleading captain again, and also like murders a bunch of people. And so it was like you know reverse high school murders, Ooh. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was it was really good. So that was like a top tier. It came out this year. Um, Lifetime likes to do a bunch of, uh, like, themes, so they'll be, like, wrong, uh, family, okay? <laughs> and, it's, and so they name the movies all the same, and so you'll get, like, wrong mother, wrong daughter, gotcha. wrong grandmother, and, like, they just play all of them in, you know, one weekend or something. And then they'll be like, and the newest one comes out tomorrow, and it'll be like, <laughs> you know, wrong stepniece, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> well, I, I definitely want to do that like porn one. I forgot the name. Yes, that's, yeah, I forget the name of it. Too. <laughs> that's on the list, but I'm sure it's a very easy name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easy to find. I promise. Well, 
as a Hallmark movie, it's not rated on Rotten Tomatoes, so we don't have a ranking there. But on High School Slumber Party, we like to give everything a letter grade. So if you were going to give a report card letter grade to (laughs) Homegrown Christmas, what would you give it? I would give it three SAT tests taken by somebody else for me out of five. So that's like a C? Is that... It's like it's like based on the old scale. It would probably be like a twelve fifty. <laughs> That's fair. I think like again, if we're judging this film against these kind of films, it's just kind of like right. You know, it, it's hitting its marks, but it's nothing that we're like wow. Or, you know, exactly. It's like it's it's you did you did you showed up. You did good. <laughs> you qualified yeah. as a Hallmark Christmas film. Yes. Um, and every week we also choose what sleeping bag we want to bring to the slumber party. So if you had to make a sleeping bag that's homegrown Christmas theme, what would it look Ooh. like? Um, I think it would look like Lori Loughlin's cookies that <laughs> she did really shitty designing, even though she was a shoe designer the whole time. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Like, okay, I probably can't design a good cookie. But Same. She has, like, the mindset for... I swear, I thought the cookie was going to look like a shoe, and that was going to be, like, the ha-ha That's, yes. moment, but nope. <laughs> nope, she just is really bad at decorating cookies, which I get that they're like, okay, she's bad at baking. That's fine. She's a shoe designer. But, like, the decorating part, she should have fucking nailed, right? Like, like yeah, okay. Easy, easy line here. You and I could, could write a Hallmark movie. She makes the cookies, they look like shoes... Carter eats it and be like, oh, they taste like shoes, too, because you suck at cooking or something like that. Yeah, these taste like leather. Ha ha. (laughs) Right? Ah, missed opportunity there. (laughs) We need to get in this train, because I think that if we started writing scripts, we could crank a few of these out and throw in some really fun tidbits. (laughs) Probably. I mean, you're definitely qualified for the amount of research you've been doing in your life with these movies. So So last, uh, last category that I've been doing with my guests... I call it the rent one, get two free. It's like when you're in Blockbuster as a kid and you rent a movie and you see that there's a sale. You know, we have a slumber party coming up and we're going to rent three movies. And if we've rented Homegrown Christmas, what else should we rent for our, I guess, slumber party that you and I are going to have watching this film? I think think we got to go Elf with one of them, right? Sounds good to me. I mean that that that's an awesome film. So, it's an awesome film. I think that like if you were watch if you if we were gonna do Christmas themed ones, we need one that's gonna be like fun that like pr- maybe our parents could watch too, <laughs> like the after dinner one, you know. And then we need oh, what was the one that Joey liked? The horror one that came out a couple years ago. Hmm. Fuck horror uh, Christmas. Like it, it had like a name like Deck the Halls or something like this too. Maybe he'll maybe he'll answer if I message him quickly. Here, hold on, Rachel. Oh, better watch out. Better watch out. Better watch out. I haven't heard of it. Really? Okay, I really loved it. Um, it was a, it was like a Christmas-themed horror film. It was super original. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Joey recommended it to me, and check it out. It's fun. Yeah, 2016 Christmas-themed horror. So we would get like, you know, a nice wholesome one. You get Elf. That's like a, one that we've seen, but we know we like. And then you get Better Watch Out, which would be, like, my recommendation to you. Huh. I wonder, I wonder, do you know if they're high school age in that? 
I think one of them is and one of them is grade school. Yeah. Oh, that could be something for next year. It could. Keep thank it in you. mind, bud. Well, thank you so much for that recommendation. And that sounds like a fun night. <laughs> I hope so. That would be a ton of fun. Well, um, you know, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having Merry me. Merry Christmas. I love joining. Merry Happy Christmas holidays. Too. And again, we'll definitely have you next year. Um, you know, maybe you want to remind the slumbers what are the other things you do on the Cage Club Podcast Network? Yes. Um, our main, main, main project is we do Too Fast, Too Forever, which is now coming out weekly on Tuesdays on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Um, Joey and I talk about the Fast and the Furious movies, other movies kind of within the framework of the Fast and the Furious. Mostly we just bullshit kind of like we do here with Brian and just like crack jokes about Lori Loughlin, essentially. <laughs> It's a, it's, it's a lot of pop culture nonsense and fun time stuff. So, yeah, come find us over there. You Anywhere that you can find Cage Club, Facebook, Too Fast, Too Forever, um, you know, Instagram or whatever, whatever, Twitter, you'll find us. Well, thanks again, Joe, so much. And, uh, again, we'll talk to you in the new year. Big holiday thank you to Joe, too. It's always great having him on. I mean, he's just such a funny guy, such a fun guy, and so knowledgeable about this topic. I mean, it's a rare, you know, he's a rare breed. I mean, that's a, it's a rare skill set, we'll put it that way. <laughs> and you're going to love his show, Too Fast, Too Forever, if you haven't heard it yet. Even if you don't like those movies, the Fast and Furious movies, you'll get into them, and you'll get into that podcast. The two Joes do such a great job at that show. So, uh, you know, next week, next week, we're going to continue this Christmas theme. I always say that there's not enough high school Christmas movies, but I think we have at least three this year, if you really want to count Homegrown Christmas here. By the way, did that spark your interest in Hallmark Christmas movies? Let me know. Let me know on social media or email me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com because I kind of want to watch some more now after listening to that episode. (laughs) But next week... Oh, you want to tune in next week. We're going to watch this movie. I haven't seen it yet, but everyone's been talking about it because it's a Netflix teen film about the holiday season. You know, I don't know if it's Christmas because I haven't seen it, but I know it's a, you know, festive, if you will. Let it snow. This place is beautiful. It's like the perfect holiday card. Snow hides a lot. It's like the space of weather. You can do a lot worse in this place, trust me. Tell her that you like her. You know, I've noticed since I was five years old, it's not that easy. You just have to tell her you want the same relationship, plus boning. Tobin! Hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm up good. See you downstairs when you found a bra. Christmas Eve bash. Come one, come all. Boom. He's gonna break up with me. He would have to be the dumbest human being on earth to do that. Like, dumber than the people who blow on ice cream before they eat it. That girl and I have a thing. Have you ever been with someone and you stay up until like 4 a.m. just talking about everything and you're just like, I can't believe I get to exist at the same time as you? No, but like, I'm really happy for you. I realize that life is just a bunch of stuff you can't control. But is that a bad thing? Anything can happen. Good, bad, anything.
hooking up with them. No, they're not hooking up. Yes. I think your nipple's bleeding. Netflix movies. Will it be like To All the Boys I Loved Before? Or will it be more like The Kissing Booth? We'll find out, that's for sure. And guess what? We're going to find out with one of my favorite guests, of course, my OG partner, Kyle Reinfried, will be here. And if you guys were here last Christmas, you know Kyle and I like to ring in the holiday season, you know, with a, I don't want to say with a bang, but there may or may not be a musical number. I'll just leave that tease right where it is. Thanks so much, guys, for spending this chilly New York holiday Friday with me. I hope you had as much fun as I did. I really, really appreciate you guys. This is the season for thanking and remembering and just being like, yo, I appreciate you. And thank you so much, slumberers. It's about time for bed, I think. I bet you can hear the tiredness in my voice. Well, let's see. I'll leave you with not a Christmas song, but this weirdo song I found for, I guess, Hallmark. This is the Hallmark theme. No one throws away memories. Later, dudes. After your phone call has faded away Long after your warm hello has dimmed I can't forget the memories that you sent my way Those hallmark memories of yesterday Remember my birthday when you were away. Your happy return on Christmas Day. That Valentine you wept but could not run away. Sweet Hallmark memories of yesterday. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.